All right, JB. Our thoughts on the music so far? Yeah, I was just thinking about it. Am I going to bang it? my head against the wall before... I, you know what it sounds like to me? Before we come to back from break? Sounds like radio music. Is exactly it really typical radio music? Sounds like a good old strong riff. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we we didn't pay someone for something fancy. I like it. All right, we're in the second hour, which can only mean one thing on Fridays. Uh, We will track down now what would be the third author on the show. That's right. So you had... Wait till Sammy's book. Undrafted by yours truly. Down and back... Mm-hmm. By you, Justin yep. Born, and now we have draft day. Sammy, can you find him? I can't drag this on. I'm not a professional host. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just calling him. You, you guys wait. Up, you guys waited. We were on right break now. for six minutes. What were you doing? <laughs> wait till Tuesday when we're in studio. Everyone who's been requesting a Sam cam. Oh, buddy, there is going to be a constant Sam cam. <laughs> it's gonna have, this is going to happen live on TV. I <sighs> know I got to do it all over again because now he's listening, I'm told. All right. <laughs> Former NHL president, GM host, and the author of Draft Day, how teams pick noses or get left behind. No, no, no. How team picks <laughs> winners or get left behind. Let's welcome in. Doug McLean. Mac, um, I was saying to the boys earlier, you know, you spent the last few years being irrelevant like I did. And now you write a book and now you're a true celebrity again. Isn't that exciting? Uh, Thank God Sportsnet fired me. I had a chance to write this book. Okay, Okay. When you first, when somebody first came to you and said, we want you to write a book, what was your reaction? I said, are you serious? No, I have no interest. Zero interest. Like, you know, I, I did. I, and then they said, well, no, no, we'd like it to be like the money ball of hockey and about the draft. And I said, oh, okay, maybe I'll, uh, I'll do it. But I told you once I was offered a book deal in PEI and, it was a great deal. They said if I gave them $60,000, they'd write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm shocked you didn't bite. That's how badly you, you needed to, to get listen, yourself back out I there. Got a, I got a better story than this. I, so I'm going to play golf today. I get home last night after just grinding in Toronto for four days. PR, PR, PR. Working my tail off. Then I come home. I'm going to play a nice round of golf this morning with my buddies at, at Cavendish Green Gables. I put my clubs out in the driveway because my buddy's picking me up. And I said, okay, I'll wait. And then we have a guy here fixing our stove because we have to big Thanksgiving. Our stove wasn't working properly. So I go out and my guy's picking me up. And all of a sudden I see the guy left from fixing our stove. Backed over my set of clubs. Oh, oh no. Three wood, driver, five wood, snapped, snapped two, rest of them crinkled. And he just got the truck undercoated so the bag was covered in grease. Like, <laughs> can you believe this? An author? Do you think this happens to James Patterson? Come on. <laughs> do, do you really think it'll affect your score? 
I blow, I go to the club and I tell the pro, I look, I, I'm missing some clubs. He said, Mac, I'll look after you. I'll look after you. Is this unbelievable or what? Like, seriously. Anyway. That's yeah, wild. Look, it, it's, you know what? It really, I, it's so exciting to be a celebrity again. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, Mac, what of the book um, are you most glad to have out there? Like, we, you know, it's a lot of stories. It sounds like draft-related. Uh, Kipper had teased um, something about the Lindros trade in there. Would you say that's sort of the the highlight of the book is revealing some of these behind-the-scenes conversations that the public never got to see? You know, I think it's it's a lot of what it's like to be a GM around the draft and mm-hmm. the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You know, we did a chapter on the war room. We did a chapter on putting the list, to, you know, the developing the list. Talked about the scouts. I mean, the Lindros chapter was a really unique one because Pierre Paget has always been a great friend of mine as a, a fellow Maritimer and guy I really admired. And he was in Austria. He lives in Austria now. So I phoned him. I said, Pierre, we need, you know, the Lindros story because it's one of the greatest draft stories of all time, to be quite honest, from the draft with the Nordics to the to the trade. And he he said to me, Doug, I have kept every note of every conversation I had with 14 teams, and I would love to give it to you. So Scott and I were on with Pierre for hours going through every trade, what the hours were. But listen, I I was involved with the Detroit offer. I was assistant GM in Detroit at the time, and we offered Iserman, Racine, I think LaPointe, Sillinger, all really top young guys, $15 million. Pierre came back to us and said, I will consider your deal, but I want Federoff instead of Eisenman. That's what Pierre said to us. Mm. And and Pierre reiterated that to me, and I because I had forgot about it, you know, years ago. So he did it with Montreal. Patrick Waugh was in the deal. The Leafs deal was unbelievable with Gilmore and Wendell uh. Clark. Like it was, it's mind. Gilmore and Clark to read these should have done it was unbelievable at the time. I saw the uh, Toronto Star reporter, Kevin Grant, there this week, and he said he read the book, and he, he said he could not believe the Leafs offer. So Cliff had made the offer, and then Pierre goes at 3.30 in the morning, he gets a call from Cliff. I'm in a sweat here in my bed, and I got to pull my offer. I can't make this offer, Pierre. <laughs> Pierre says to Cliff, you've been a great mentor for me. You've been a great friend. There's no problem pulling the offer. So it's, 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 and then the Ranger offer and the Philly offer and how they both were accepted and how that all came down and how it all happened. And Neil Smith snapping on Pierre. There's, I think it's a great chapter. I really do. And you know what? Pierre said that they took Guy Lafleur in to meet with Lindros and Lindros after the meeting, Guy walks out with Pierre and he says, uh, Pierre, there's no chance he's come to Quebec. You better trade him. That's what Guy Lafleur said, though. So, you know, what? It, it just and, – and what he said at the end of it all, he said, number one, everybody tries to compare who Eric Lindros was. Let me tell you what Eric Lindros was. He was a six-foot-five Gordie Howe. That's what he was. And he said at the end of it all, Eric Lindros did not do one thing wrong in the entire process. All he did is went with his rights, which he had, and he was a perfect gentleman throughout the whole thing. And 
The only reason he wouldn't sign with the Nordics was Marcel Abu because Marcel Abu told Dave Chambers, the coach, to lose every game because we want this guy. And Eric said, I am not going to Quebec if that's the case. And that was the reason he wouldn't go. So Fantastic I story. I, I think it really is a, a good chapter. But, you know, there's some fun. You know, look, it's, it's my experiences with the draft, good and bad, and uh, lots of stories about other people. You know, Brian Burke, I mean, the, you know, I said, I said in one story, even geniuses like Brian Burke have bad drafts in 1999. Berkey had 11 picks and one guy played one period. And I said, Berkey, you, you know, you had some off drafts too, man, as smart as you are. But I also detailed the whole Sadine story, which was just an uh, amazing work by Brian Burke. So it, it's, it's a lot of those things. And see what uh, he did. He gave Berkey shots. The compliments. Andrew. He gives him an uppercut, <laughs> uh, a left <laughs> hook, <laughs> you know, the and then a body blow. <laughs> and then he comes in and gives him a, yeah, a little cherry <laughs> on top. So when I finished the book, Simon and Schuster sent me 10 things I had in the book. And they said to me, Doug, um, these are 10 things that our, our lawyer have identified that we could be sued over. Could you maybe soften your stance on these 10 stories? <laughs> so I so I softened them. Are you going to lose so, a few friends? Because hey. a, a, a book's really no. good only when you lose friends. No, you know what? I, I don't Interior. think I will. I, I, I told you there's the one story that a guy, Stevie Y will be mad at me. I, I was working on with Keith Primo on, on crossovers, and Keith was our fourth overall pick in Detroit, and he was, he was having trouble with his skate, and I was working on crossovers, and Stevie skated over to me after practice. He said, uh, do you and Brian Murray think this guy will ever play in the NHL? And I said, Stevie, I, said, Stevie, I, Stevie, I think I think he's going to be a really good player. And he said he won't play a game in the league. And then I said in the book, I'm glad Stevie changed his evaluation process when he went became a GM. <laughs> so you know, Keith did play 15 years. So it's none of the. No, it's not a shot. It's just fun stuff, you know. But I mean, I, I think I was really fair, and it's not a rip job book. It's just it's talking about the draft and how. Look, I'm serious, guys, and this is this is really came to fruition to me in the book. If a GM hits at fifteen percent in the draft, fifteen percent, he's done a really good job in the draft. That's how tough it is. So, just to kind of put a little tie to Eric Lindros, and you were right there in the heyday uh, to to witness it all, including the hype more than anything else on, on Eric Lindros this year. We start the season Tuesday, Connor Bedard mm-hmm. in Chicago and Mac, this guy's gotten a ton of attention and it's warranted. He's just, he's a special talent. He's already, we've witnessed that already in a, in a short training camp. It's not, is it a comparable? Is there anything close? Will anything ever be as close to what, went with Eric Lindros. No, I, I coached against Eric Lindros with, with the Legion of Doom. And that line was so dominant. And he, look, we, we played him in a six-game series with the Panthers, and we won the series in six games. But he was a dominant, dominating, physical presence and so good. And it, I mean, it was just, it I, I remember going into the training room every morning after playing that six-game series with the Flyers, and the number of 
of my players that were hurting because of Eric Lindros. It, it was it was mind-boggling to me how big and strong and tough and good this guy really was. So you know it, it it's you know it's it's pretty amazing. And Bedard, you know, I had a great conversation with Brent Sutter about Bedard for the book. He coached against him six times this year in Red Deer, and he said, Doug. I would tell you that he reminds me a lot of Braden Point. That's who he reminds me. I think he will be Braden Point or or better. That's what he said about him, which caught me kind of off guard. But that was Brent Sutter, who I respect a lot and coached against him a lot. That's who he compared him to, which, you know, I would have thought, well, maybe Sid or, you know, but no, he's saying Braden Point. Does that catch you off guard a little? Well, I see it in terms of stature and kind of style, but yeah, expectations are certainly above the Braden Point level. for sure. You know, I'm curious where you stand on these guys that you draft and they come to camp and look good, and if they should get NHL looks, if it helps their development. They Obviously, I'm tying this to the Leafs and Fraser Minton, a guy who's 19 years old, but he's 6'1", and he's playing well. Like, is it the right thing to do to just see if these guys can play or is it a negative for their development? I, as I said to somebody, Dave Hodge, he started off an interview with me the other day with John Shannon and he was, he brought up three bad picks of mine. And I said, Dave, let me tell you something. (laughs) Listen here. Listen here. Who do you think you are? You pencil flipping hockey night in Canada guy. (laughs) When I drafted those guys, they were unbelievable. And I don't know what the hell happened to them after the draft when they got to camp. What happened to them? I don't know. I don't get it. And then my kid phones me and said, who's this Dave Hodge guy going after you like that, Dad? That is a joke. Who does he think he is? I said, Park, he's a very famous hockey guy in Canada. I don't care. He was hard on you. He was hard on you, Dad. Anyway, so you know what? It's There's there's lots of fun things in there, and I there's lots of – I think good stories, but and when I was writing the book at the pool, sitting at the pool in Florida, and the old girl, you know, the girl, the ladies were sitting around the pool, and they said, "Oh, Doug, we can't wait to read your book." Like they thought I was like a James Patterson type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, ladies, I don't think, I, ladies, I don't think you're going to really enjoy the book. I don't really think. Yeah. So, so when it so comes anyway. when it comes to judging talent, um, and you know, from Stevie Eisenman, who didn't think that Keith Primo would ever going to make it to the Connor Bedards of the world, how, how many guys, and maybe I can tie this into Minton a little bit here in Toronto, but how, how many kids over your career, Mac, where a lot of people were very high on that maybe got overhyped or just under-delivered? Well, I had a, I had a lot of guys, and I, it's well-documented. Like, seriously, Jared was the best player I ever saw at 18 18- in my life and one of the best players I ever saw in his early stages of the NHL. I watched him go end to end and blow by Duncan Keith and Marty Lapointe on a on a rush, on a rush, an end to end rush to score a winning goal against Chicago. And I'm sitting on the on the I was coaching at the time and I said, Oh my God, I, I have a superstar here. I have a guy that's gonna be so good. And my veterans were just shaking their heads. And then Two months later, Fedorov, I had brought Fedorov in to mentor this guy. That's why I made the Fedorov deal was to bring him in to mentor Jared, you know. And Fedorov came in my office to him and said, Doug, I know you brought me in to work with Jared. 
I never, if I never see this kid again, it'll be the best day of my life. <laughs> I hired a private investigator yes, to did, follow him around. Did, I mean, it just goes on and on. Did that make I, I, it in the book? So, it, oh yeah, it's all in there. It's so devastating to me what happened to Sheridan. It was a sad, sad story yeah. for Nikolai, who, by the way, is still playing somewhere in Europe as a forty-year-old. And it, it was it was so devastating to me and to him. It was a sad story. A fourteen-year-old who left Ukraine to go to Moscow to play, and that's and that is what became of him. I also did the whole. Uh, Sid draft, you know, the it was called the chapter's called the Pittsburgh model after Berkey's comments on Pittsburgh about how they got Sid in that that goofy draft where yeah. Batman and company and I remember going to the Board of Governors meetings and saying, Are you guys kidding me? You're giving every see, we had the lockout year before Sid. We're you're giving every team an opportunity to get Sid Crosby and I've got an expansion team and I've got a three percent chance to get Sid. Are you guys serious? And you could get everybody wanted them, and you could get no momentum at a board of governors meeting or a GM's meeting because they wanted every team to have a crack at this guy. And I'm thinking, are you guys serious? But And I get brulee, and I mean, I've been criticized and ripped every which way. And I got Nick's quote in there about what did brulee versus Kopitar cost me. And I said, you know, Probably about thirty million cash. <laughs> you know, I played against Brule in junior and now, hockey when he was fifteen. He was a player. I, I thought that number was oh a little God. low. Thirty million. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was so good. He was so, so good. Made, you know, I, I told the exact stuff in the in the Pittsburgh model on the whole Brule Kopitar. What happened there? I mean, Kopitar. Was, nobody had Kopitar in the top ten in that draft, and I've been ripped for years. So. I tried to give the rationale behind that, and you know, but I took the blame for those picks. I made, I, I changed our list in that draft. And GMs, you have your hundred man list going into the draft. Boydie had Kopitar at five, I believe I had in the in the book in that draft. And I said, I said, Boydie, how do I take the European Kopitar ahead of the North American Brule after what I've gone through with Jared? How do I do this? But the thing we, the problem was. I was convinced Montreal would take him at five. And all of a sudden, Montreal would take Carey Price, who we had 22 on our list that year. And most people had Carey Price in the second round in that draft. And I and I, I changed the list and went with Brule, And that was my call. And I said in the book, you never change your draft list unless the GM, the only guy that can change the Chief Scouts list is the GM. And I did it. And But, you know, Kopitar went 11. There was ten. There was ten other geniuses that missed on him. You know, when you look at that list, who went before? You know, Jack Skillay went. Dale Talon took Jack Skillay. Brian Murray took Brian Lee, who I don't even know if he ever played a game of league. Set college kids from my division. Yeah, Setaguchi went ahead of him. Uh, you know, it went on and on, and and he goes eleven. But anyway, so I took the fall and blame, and I, I just told it the way it was in the draft. So it was kind of a. It was a. It was a. It was an intense book to write because it was a lot of it was my experiences and they were tough. And I, and you know, I, I, I told the Stevie when I'm sure I told you this one before about Stevie and I shaving in front of the mirror in Detroit. We're both shaving after practice and Stevie looks at me and he said, Doug, you're, you're uh, I'm a pretty good player, eh, Doug? And I said, Stevie, you're a star, you know, 40, 50 goals. And then he goes, Brad Park, Harry Neal, 
Danny Belial, Bill Gates, Nick Bohano, John the Murders, you and Brian Murray. Imagine if I had one good coach, how good I could have been. <laughs> 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 and I looked at Stevie. I looked at Stevie, and I was lost for words. And I said in the book, I, I, I was, for the first time in my life, I had nothing to say. <laughs> so how, that is so, hilarious. He is Doug so, McLean, former NHL general manager, president, and now author of Draft Day, How Hockey Teams Pick Winners or Get Left Behind. You can find it on any of your major outlets, and you can probably order undrafted by me or down sure. back with yeah. three pack. Well. A three-pack. A three-pack, three for I one. Some, I got some... I got some bad news that my uh, literary agent, do you have one of those literary agents? He phoned me today and he said, Doug, some good news. We're number one on Amazon this afternoon in three categories. So I was kind of pleased. So you you I, keep I sharing those people. stories. It'll stay number one. Hey, one more. <laughs> I, well, I, 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 I got to let you go here, but one more before you go. Okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we live in a world now that if, Someone wants to go through private phones and look at pictures. Uh, oh they, yeah, oh boy, they lose their job. Yeah. What would? One... Hey, hold on, hold on. What? Okay. What would the biz nasty and spitting chicklets do to a guy like you today if they ever found out that you put a private investigator on a player today? I think they would have agreed with it. With Nikki. <laughs> They'd have been have, with Jerdev in one of the videos. <laughs> I've got one final story that I did not put in the book, and me and me and Scotty battled on this one because I and I love Scotty Bowman. I love Scotty Bowman as a guy, and we become good friends. But Scotty, I was assistant GM, and Scotty corners me one day after practice, and he said, uh, Hey, Doug, hey, uh, you talk to Mike Illich every once in a while. I said, well, once in a while, Scotty, but not a lot. He said, let me let me tell you something. The, the, the Tigers are really struggling with their right-hand pitching. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he said, tell him that he should sell Iserman and buy a right-hand pitcher for the Tigers. <laughs> so what my point is, he and Stevie were not very tight in the early years and then obviously TV became the greatest captain in the history of the, one of the greatest captains in the history of the game so you know this it's i you know my problem i got too many damn stories oh my God. <laughs> part two coming and out in so 2024 could, hey and, and folks so he's gonna be around all year long on off the rail fridays are, to are share we gonna get all him on them. video this year are you are you okay RV to come on? on? Yeah, we're we're on we're going we're going big now. We're we're going back on TV. This show's going back on TV. So are you ready to come well, on air? Well, you you made me an offer. You it was it, it's it's part of my re, reclaiming the celebrity status. Is you made me an offer? Okay, you wanted me on yeah. every Friday, and I I accepted the offer, and I'm 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 very excited. And I, my only question is, does Sportsnet know this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Ask for forgiveness, <laughs> not permission, Doug. 100%. Hey, all seriousness, good luck with the book. It's fantastic. It'll be a great read for many hockey fans. Well, you know what? You guys letting me be on Off the Rails last year really help me become get back in the spotlight and i really appreciate everything you've done for my career <laughs> somehow i don't believe you all right he's doug mcclain 
Good warm-up to the rest of the year. Thanks for doing this, Mac. Thanks, Doug. God. I got to tell you guys, that's a just a whole flock of great stories there. Yeah, that's some, uh, that's some real history right there. I don't know how GMs sleep at night. Like, just knowing what you let go, yeah. So I, it would drive me crazy. Yeah. Like the, what, guessing, uh, guessing on who's going to well, change the course of history for so you. Differently, yeah. I, so the guys he mentioned, I played against Brule, uh, Lee, Skilly. Like I saw all those guys play. Brule was way better than any of those guys. Like I, I understand the thought. And I guess you get burned by, I, I guess. But Copa, it's so easy now to look at Copa. I'd be like, how do you miss that? Hey, and maybe this comes back a little full full circle to the Leafs with Minton and Cowan and um, you just don't you know, know how they're going to develop. It, it's great, but do you really want to take a chance on figuring it all out for these kids over ten days, and then you got right. the media hype, and you know. Not to be lost in all of this, and I'm not talking about Minton and, and, and Cowan per se, but, you know, what does it do to individuals when you start reading your own clippings or your buddies start telling you what everybody's saying about Ask you? Sammy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he's, he's you know... Media it, developing it, superstar. Oh, come on. It, it really can play short and long-term on your development on these type of moments. And listen, Cowan's going back, right? I don't know when he's going back. He should. He, oh, he's he's going, going yeah. back no question. to London. He'll yes. play the last preseason game on Saturday, and then he'll probably go back after that, right? The question I have is how does he go back? In terms of? Mental, yeah, right? And where he is mentally on the experience that he's had and the success that he's had, because I've seen this countless of time, countless times, and I've experienced it, you know, in North Bay, where you leave for the first time a certain way, and you come back a certain way mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah, yeah. And, I went through that process myself. Right? Yep. I came back coming off a of training camp at, at Philadelphia, where I came back and I. I went there a nothing. I came back with an NHL contract. Yeah. And now you're, you know, you're I, I a little, didn't have that experience. Little, <laughs> little cockier, a little bit more strut, a little bit more, you know. And then I watch a guy like Kevin Hatcher who ended up having a great NHL career. Yeah. Okay. He was with me in North Bay, got drafted by the Washington Capitals, went to his first training camp, signed a contract. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, he played one or two games. He actually scored a goal. Kevin Hatcher. Kevin Hatcher. Okay. With the Washington Capitals at 18, but they sent him back to North Bay. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for the first four to six weeks, maybe our worst defenseman. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like that. I don't know. I don't want to say it's disappointment to be back down, but there's like an arrogance of it'll come easy or yeah, you're right. The, the mental frame with which they handle you in that transition back to junior is important. Think about, you know, okay. London's regarded as one of the top junior teams in the country. I think you but, probably put it number but one. You're, you? You've spent <laughs> Sammy shaking his you know, three, three uh, weeks with the Leafs and you got private uh, chefs and you're eating the, 
The shrimp, not the little tiny ones. Oh, those are jumbo. The jumbo no, ones, on, the size of like Sammy's head on the jet. You don't think Mark's doing that in hey. London? Mark Hunter's got that going in London. Then you go back to it takes London. Takes a while to get the shrimp to London. Right? Think, then me. you go back, and right, you're like, come on, well, what is this? Or is the this? opposite, Kip. Or the opposite that you're just so fired up from your experience. You had a great start to the season. You've been playing great competition. You just right. come in like a. Bull at a China in a China shop against a bunch of junior kids. Yeah, it, listen, you know, it's it's some some could be a rocket ship for the kids. Some guys get screwed up with it a little bit early and need to get their bearings again, and others, no, you're you're, you're right. I, I don't know. I don't personality know. wise, he doesn't seem like the type to get full of himself. He uh, seems he, like a pretty humble listen, kid. He, he, he's going to be a leaf really soon. Oh boy! And I don't know what the, uh, eighteen months, two years. Okay. He's going to be a leaf. Yeah, and he's going to be a. He's going to be a good player. I like him. But, I really but, like him. You know, between him and Minton, like, like him how too. good, we won't know for sure. I think there'll be players that can work up and down the lineup. Yeah. But It's so funny when you see guys like this, and you may be talking about a good third-line winger. You know, like, I mean, who knows? I'm not saying that's either their ceilings, but I'm saying... Minton could be a... They are clearly Minton NHL Minton players eventually play to me. A, a, a thousand games being a, a typical third-line center. Right. And we get so excited. What moves the needle in the NHL is the game changers, the people who are better than the average players in the NHL. Are they that? I don't know. But if you have below average guys in your roster and they can come in and be average, that would be nice too. So, Or they could be really great whatever team they're traded to at the deadline for defense help. Also a concerning option. Imagine if they traded Nyes last year. We talked about that all year. Imagine if Nyes was suiting up for the Red Wings this was, summer. Nyes looks huge. He's a player man like that's what's jumped out to me is his size i also don't think he's gonna get as many points maybe as people think like he might be a 40 point guy but i love him See, as a player so kipper yeah. team x comes to the lease of the deadline they're like hey we're you know we'll give you our quote-unquote fine you have pesci for the run but we want cowan we want cowan or we want fraser mitten they're doing that 10 times out of 10 gotta they're gonna have to give something up to oh, get I, something good people, and again but it's, that's not to me okay. gone not even thought about it twice. I guess it depends what you think these guys' ceilings are. You know, like, Cowan was you know, first-round guy. Where is your ceiling to win, JB? You're right. Exactly. Too, that's relevant Bye. here, too. Bye. <laughs> but now, now you got Brad Tree living here, not feeling like he's got to win to save his job in the next... Yeah. 12 to 24 months either so just kip you've talked about all the prospects and stuff that have gone and the picks that have gone it feels like this beautiful home the leafs have is built on stilts at this point you kick out <laughs> oh, another yeah. you know kick out another prospect or draft pick and trade willie and all of a sudden it's like boy <laughs> but you need to give up something to get something and if deadline talking in october uh, let's go uh, that the 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 stock in these players is the most important thing for the Leafs. Not whether or not they might be in the lineup in the first week or two weeks. It's just that, regardless, they've done enough work where it's starting to get some serious attention outside of your organization. Even if you knew how good they were, now all of a sudden it's the attention that comes around it. It's a big advantage being in Toronto for prospect value, I think. Because these names are everywhere, right? Well, I mean, we don't need a better example over the last... Robertson. 18 months than Nick Robertson. You're right. That's exactly where I was going to. Like, yeah. like Nick Robs- Robertson got tremendous hype out of Toronto media. Yeah. 
and it could it sways the perception out there. He and was the perception she done swung back. You think? Oh, buddy, yes. Then you're not trading Robertson for anything of value at this point. Oh, oh, yeah. I you know that, the like, perception I that it swung back to like good perception. No, I no. mean like there was a moment there where Robertson was. Yeah, when, no, everybody, listen, when everybody made fun of Kipper yeah. for saying they should trade him for Sam Bennett. Remember that? Everyone made fun of Kipper for that one. Ooh, that probably would have been a good trade. That probably would work. Oh, out. yeah. You know what the funny part is now? Still, I get uh, I get Willie for Nick Ritchie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what they're... Brandon Montour's on the Oh, yeah. And they, they, they exclude Montour. Since, since Montour's been like a stud in Florida, yeah, they don't the, mention that anymore. Beat the crap of the Leafs in five games last year. It's funny. It's funny. Right. But I... I I do believe that there'd be teams willing to take a, a flyer on Nick Robertson. Like, I don't think that is his you, stock is complete. No, no, no. no. I, I, Sammy, how old is he? 21? 22? Not sure. 22. Well, look it up there. I'm, I'm, I'm typing. Can you hear me typing? Sammy, come on. Sammy's going on TV Tuesday, and now I, I get attitude. 22 years. 22. See that? <laughs> Kip. He's Kip, not the only one that's Sam, turned Sam into a celebrity. TV, it's Doug going, McClain. Yeah. It Sammy's, and might, he has like his Sammy own. might be that guy I was talking about that goes back to junior and just <sighs> thinks is you know what doesn't stink no, anymore. I, will ne- I promise you, I will never. You're be that. you're gonna get killed about every lineup error all year long because Kip's gonna be like, oh, now you're too good to yeah, do the yeah. lineup. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So twenty two years, yeah, and hasn't found his spot yet. But yeah, I don't think you completely. Write him off. I see. I don't. I'm not saying he's not able to play in the NHL. I just don't see how he where he plays for the Leafs. That much like we talked about Cowan being uh, going back to London. He, he's he's destined to go back to the Marlies. He is for sure. He's waiver exempt. Waiver exempt. Him and Holmberg are almost automatics yeah. because they don't need to be protected. And I would love to see them get looks. And I wrote an article, it's up on sportsnet.ca, some things the Leafs may do this year. One of the things I'm hoping for is more regular call-ups of AHL guys when the team is healthy. Give Tavares a night off and let Holmberg come in. You know, give Mitch a night off. And oh, let... but here we go. You want to turn in the NBA? Yeah. Re- no, management. I want to win a playoff ba- round. They did win a playoff round. Well, they banned, they bland, banned uh, what's it called, the NBA. You're not allowed to do load management anymore. What do you mean? They're, they're like, there's like a star player thing that you're not allowed to do it anymore with oh, load management. Right? Yeah. So, oh. and you want to bring it to the NHL. Let I do. Well, I want, I don't, I want to rest good uh, players who are old. So, uh, yeah, no. I, I did hear yeah. that though, but I don't know the details, Sammy. How does it work if someone uh, says, well, you know they got the a sore groin? Yeah, exactly. His hammy hurts. Yeah. They're, they're just going to lie. Yeah. They'll lie. But I think it's like if you've had an all team, like a first team MBA or second team all MBA, like there's a whole level of thing you have to go through to yeah. have it. For the record, what I did want is, they're American League players to get more run because I think they have good fringe players I in the American League this year. Anywho, we should do the All last right, I break. get the break signal from my astute producer, Sammy McKee. Stupid producer? I was going to say, what would you say? <laughs> astute. Astute. Oh, what'd you, I thought you, what'd you started, call me? <laughs> I thought you started to say stew and then bailed on stupendous astute, or... But stupid works too. <laughs> Stupidly astute producer. All right. We're back, as you can tell, real Kipper and Bourne. <laughs> or something.
You've been listening to The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Just a reminder, Sammy. Yes. We hope everybody has a very good, long weekend. Thanksgiving on Monday. We are back Tuesday, Sammy. Yeah. And just a reminder, we will be going from 4 to 6 Eastern. Correct. Here on end, Tuesday. Yeah. On TV. That second hour across the country. We will be on their radio stations and on the telly. Kip, you do Thanksgiving at your house, or what do you do? Uh, you just yeah, took the kids to school. Mom, they don't come back yeah, for Canadian. Well, I don't know. It's a touchy subject. Oh, is oh, it? Oh, boy. Yeah. That's the little, you know, they want to come back, and it's like, oh. It's and thousand then, bucks and then when you're in the States, yeah. you can't possibly stay, you know, uh, in the States on Thanksgiving. No. American Thanksgiving. You should. It's the best weekend of the year in the country. But everybody leaves, and you don't yeah. want to be by yourself. Yeah. In in the states when everybody's going back to their families so you know i'm sorry but you might not get two thanksgivings <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, not a cheap round trip not ticket for uh, round to come eat a bird so i don't know how it all ends up i'll yeah. probably pay for well, two tickets it's today it's like when they fly in today nah you can come in tomorrow it's fine uh <laughs> well no no uh i got one kid coming for sure okay this one okay so i'm fighting the American one. Ah. And I will lose. The Bournes, by the way, fully recognize American Thanksgiving. My wife takes it off work. It is the, far, it is the is far better Thanksgiving. What's up? That is, There's no comparison. You are, right. are you a football guy, too? Yeah. So yeah. You, you're, you, you get to sit on Watch the Watch the Lions lose, do the whole thing. Yeah. Like Lions might win this. No, they're yeah, better. I, I know, yeah. I know. But it, it had been a tradition that they were poor. I suppose it uh, could turn around here. All right, listen. Um, the one thing I, I didn't do, which because I forgot, is that, you know, we've never really gone this long on a two-hour show in the last year and a half without a, a Kipper's Clipper. Oh, my God. We, we have had, a whole We had a stack of, of Sheldon Keefe on Kipper's Clippers, and we haven't thrown to one yet. You know why we, we haven't? We, Jays. We did we, 20 minutes of Jays. We, we can't end our first show of the year without having a little Sheldon. Well, I mean, what do you want to listen to? I, do you tell me? He's, well, it, well, well, we didn't talk about goaltending. So why don't no, we do that? No, let's, uh, well. Yeah. We're going to get into goaltending? Yes. There's the Reeves one. No, we'll talk about goaltending. All right. Okay. This All is right. a really insightful clip. So this is from uh, Sheldon Key from last night after their win over the Red Wings. He didn't get tested a lot, you know, um, but but uh, there's some things there, you know, we want to get him to tighten up on for sure. <laughs> Agreed. That's what you say after uh, one of your buddies gets wasted at the bar and loses his keys and stuff. It's like, yeah, you just tighten, needs to tighten it up a little bit here. That was basically his showing. Not a good night against a, a team that we couldn't find really. Three, we couldn't string three or four names off the Red Wings that were familiar. Like that was, it was actually, it was a decent game, I, I thought. But when you look at the star power on the Leafs last yeah. night and, and what Detroit offered shouldn't have been that close, but the birds on one is, you want back from Samson. Is, is that on, is that mostly on Samson off for you, Sammy, that game uh, against Detroit last night? I haven't thought he's looked good the entire preseason. He's only got a one year deal at arbitration. eh? like that's uh it's going to be interesting. Another pressure year for the guy where he's got to earn his money and another year where you're not sure. If he's going to be the guy, come playoffs for this team. It's not a sure thing. You gave me a 7 out of 10 concern for the Leaf blue line. Where are you on Samsonov? 
I, you know, I'm right there as well. I, I, yeah, I, I'm at a solid guy. seven. But like, you know, I've talked to people be like, I think Joseph Wall is going to be the guy come playoffs. I got, I'm, I've heard that from people. I got to tell you, boys, not 100% sure either of them are going to be the guy. Game one against Tampa Bay for the third straight year. Fourth straight year? Third. You think it's going to be Tampa Bay in the first round? Ah, maybe. I guess it's going to be the Sens. Whoa. Not, would be, not, that would be, that, not, that'd be the best case scenario. I'm not scenario. sure the Sens are ready quite for that. I think it'll be Leafs first place. What is Sens wild card? What, what's going on with uh, I like that. Josh Norris? Good prediction. No idea. Oh, Pinto, where's Pinto at? Yeah. Josh Norris, though, has not uh, played yet. He's coming off a major surgery. Yeah. We know all of last season. Um, but, yeah, there's still some concerns around there. Oh, yeah? Like yeah. he's not healthy, healthy. Well, I'm not sure if it's Josh himself being a little bit overly cautious. Oh, really? Or if there's actually some issues going on. But that's uh, he's an important part of that that young core group. That's if, I, for sure. if I'm a Sens fan, nothing you said was inflammatory, but I winced a little because you don't like hearing that things just are weird, right? And you remember with uh, the Leafs and Freddie Anderson and the knee in playoffs, it was always like, you didn't get a clear picture. What's going on? Is it the player? Is it the team? Where are we at here? Those things are never fun. They never go that well. Well, it's, again, if we look at a lot of sports leagues like the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball, there seem to be a lot more forthcoming on that type of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when there's gambling involved, you start to really have yeah. to be a little bit more transparent. Oh, is there is there gambling involved? Oh, I hadn't heard. Um, <laughs> oh, you will this year. But just, I mean, we kind of glazed over the fact, like, what's your confidence level in the Leafs goaltending, Kipper? I think that uh, it speaks volumes that that Samsonov uh, is on a very short-term deal for sure. I think that uh, he he will be pushed a lot more by Joseph Wall than we ever saw anything out of Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. Do you think they tried to get him on a longer-term deal, Samsonov? Yeah, I, I think they, they, they would have easily given him more years if uh, the number was low enough. But, you know, they would have taken their chances if he could sign a longer-term deal at 3, 3 two, five. Yeah. But you know, not, not, I guess, at the number that he thought he was gonna get it's crazy that the guy would keep betting on himself i guess if you're playing for the leafs you're like i got a good chance at having a successful season here i'm gonna get 40 some starts you know it's i will say though you think about how crucial the goaltending position is in playoffs look at what bobrovsky did for florida last year the leafs will have to make a decision on if he's their guy by january you know somewhere thereabouts or you're shopping at that point so he really like, it's a crucial few months of goaltending for Ilya Samsonov out of the gates this year. And to your point, Sammy, not a great training camp so far. So. Any thoughts on uh, the camp that Martin Jones had? No. I, I thought he was okay. I, well, yeah, but I know what, Martin Jones has a track record. But you need a third. You need, you, you need a third guy, though, Sammy. And he was, he was an easy fit at 750. For sure. But, like, so, he's probably going to get waived, right? They wave him. What a great guy to call up unless you think, Kip, that he'll get claimed. I there, there's, still, there's some teams still with some questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. 
there's Tampa, and what do they do with Vasilevsky on the shelf for three months? That, to me, he he, he could end up in Tampa Bay. Proven if, veteran if it, guy. He, he's available. He would be appealing for a team like that for sure. He's not, I don't know, what is he, 32, 33? I mean, once upon a time, the guy was making $5 bucks. Was he not? Was he not a high-paid goaltender? Yeah, he's had a couple good years. I don't know what his... Well, he was a backstop, and they went to the final, and they lost to Sid. Like he was goalie, he was a highly drafted guy, wasn't he? Yes. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm on the Googles. Martin Jones has earned 36 million in his Thank career. You. That caught me straight yes. up off guard. Yeah, 33 um, years old. Yeah, he has. Oh wow, he has two big contracts. One, five. one three times three, and one five times almost six. Five yeah. times five, yeah. seven five. Yeah. So. <laughs> There, there, there has been stretches when he's been a very good goalie. What happens with these guys is once you tell them they're supposed to be the number one goalie and lead you to a Stanley Cup, that's when kind of things can but those years play in, a little different in on San you. Jose, those Sharks teams were good. He was a 918, 912-915 save percentage. And then it went south. Yeah, since then he's been an 896 that basically a, every year. An astute pickup last year. By Brad Tra- Tree Living. Yeah, to pick a guy up like that at at that minimal. Yeah, and you see goaltenders. You uh, like when they're him, older. Kip does like him. Listen, I, it just you don't need Tell. a third goalie until you need a third goalie. And I don't know. Uh, Joseph Wall has all this upside, and he's looks like he's got a, a promising future. We've had and he was Mike a goalie McKenna. in playoffs when the season ended. Hey, Mike McKenna, if I'm not mistaken. Mid-January, thought he could be the number one goalie for the Leafs to go into last season. I love Mike McKenna, but this is his boy. He's a St. Louis guy. Yeah, They're yeah. We know, we know the history there. Yeah. But I, if he believes it, he believes it. Yeah, and I believe that he believes it. It's a believing circle. <laughs> uh, we all believe. <laughs> so should we all do one last one and get uh, a Ryan Reeves thought in? Kip, you wrote yeah, something. Let's go on yeah. Ryan Reeves. Right. I think it's been great. I've I've been really happy with him all the way through. Uh, learned a lot about his game and him as a pro. Uh, to me, he's been he's been very solid in doing his job in every game. What comes to him, he advances it. Uh, makes very very few, if any, uh, mistakes defensively. He's in good spots. He pays attention to it. You can see why he's played in the league a long time. Not just not just because of the toughness and the intangibles he brings. Um, his overall game is is very efficient, and uh, no matter who we've played him with, that line a lot of nights has has been one of our best lines. And I think a lot of that is just because they're just out there playing. They're not trying to do anything or be anything that they're not. He knows exactly what keeps him in the league, and uh, I think he's done a really good job of showing that here early. That's super high praise. That I'm that sounds like a guy. I, I, that sounds like a guy that's going to play every day. He is going to play every day. That was I know Sheldon well him. enough to know that he doesn't talk about anyone like that who he doesn't genuinely like. Ryan Reeves, yeah, everyday player. He is going to be beloved. I'm telling you. I know I, are the, you not a little shocked I, he didn't punch aside someone I, in preseason? I, I, I no, don't. Sammy, for the, Sammy, I agree, listen, Sammy. I don't know, and this is not a uh, this is not me uh, on on Ryan Reeves. I don't know if the game's set up um, for him to. To be beloved as much as you think. Well, who's going to fight him? Well, if he fights a couple times, well, if, as well, but, but if he game one, fight, it's but, him and but, Jack. I. But if he doesn't fight that it. often, uh, you know, 
then how often do you think he's going to fight? Like, well, I think it's many, funny if he just chucks many, a few people, how many times Kipper. How talked and... about Kipper, the threat of a fight mattering? Yeah. Right? Like the threat of a fight, having him out there. That was a weird sound. Having him throw... That's a slap fight. Yeah. 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 Listen, I, I, it's going to be interesting to watch yeah. for sure. But, I'm predicting my Leaf know. Nation meter, predicting beloved. All right. I'm predicting fight night one. There has to be. And Lucic. Is that, why, is that why you don't see anything in preseason? Because they're all saving it for Wednesday? Okay, you can't have torn up knuckles going into the big yeah. Tilly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. All right. On a scale of one to ten, how fast did this two hours go for you? Fast. Well, fast. All right. We had one guest. Yeah. One guest. Our Doug McLean, author of Draft Day, how hockey teams pick winners or get left behind. R.I.P. golf clubs. Yeah, and we'll get him new golf clubs. Hey, been a treat already. First day, two hours, and look for us on Tuesday throughout Sportsnet's network and here on the Fan 590. Real Kipper and Bourne is back.